The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Friday, June 11th, and we're going to do a quick news episode for this Friday. We can't spend too much time on it because I have to go celebrate my 10th anniversary with my lovely wife, a.k.a. joining me, uh, sort of mini camp updates, talk about the things that are going around. Maybe there'll be some Aaron Rodgers talk. Who knows? We have mailbag on Monday with the Super Friends. You can also check out off-season priorities with our pal Saleh in the uh in the feed as well and if you're watching on youtube smash the like button if you're watching on youtube hit the like button smash it it helps us in weird algorithmic ways that i don't really understand but we know that if you hit the more people that hit the like button the better it is for us while you're doing things to help us out make sure and check out the pick six newsletter go to cbssports.com slash newsletters i think that's right and you can sign up for john breach's daily pick six newsletter he cranks it out almost every day um and and when he's not there cody ben you know when he when he takes his wednesday off or when he's uh spending a week in cancun during the nfl season cody benjamin will take care of things for him and uh join me now to talk some minicamp stuff ryan wilson john breach what's up boys hey 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 you know what the best part of the newsletter is maybe i can write it from cancun or from Hawaii, or from Sydney, Australia, or whatever place I go to visit with our Pick 6 listeners, because we have listeners all around the world. Uh, that's the beauty of the newsletter, Brinson. You have to do your podcast from your office. That's, I don't. I mean, kind of. <laughs> that's the whole point. Like, the whole point, we literally bought technology that allows us to go anywhere we want. Yeah, but when you're not in your office, that's what you sound like while you're talking. Because <laughs> it's so happening. raspy in radio voice. Odd. You're an odd bird, Breach. <laughs> so let's start with who's missing at mini camps. Wilson thought I was having a stroke. Yeah, I did. And <laughs> with Aaron Rodgers. I did too. I was like, what's, what's the matter with this guy? Is he losing his mind? Uh, Aaron Rodgers, not at mini camp. Devontae Adams asked about it and said, I got his back through everything. So he knows that at the end of the day, if there was ever a wonder if he's lost a teammate or something because of all that's come out, he knows where I stand. I'll stand on the beep mountain and scream on the mountaintop that I've got his back. Devontae Adams also said he would not um, he would not hold out for uh, his con- for a new contract, but that he was he did he was sort of on the side, not doing heavy work early in mini camps because he he didn't want to get injured and 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 lose. Uh, his ability to get a new contract. What do we make of this situation, guys? Uh, Wilson, I mean, 
we feel like we're kind of it feels like we're probably going to beat this thing into the ground. That's just how it's going to work. Aaron Rodgers is holding out and threatening to never play for the Packers again. The Packers are refusing to trade him, and the two teams are at a standstill. This is going to be a thing we talk about once a week until the season starts, assuming Rodgers comes back at that point. I Well, I think basically nothing's changed in the last month or however long it's been since he, Aaron Rodgers finishes the, up his Jeopardy stint and, and made it known that he wasn't happy. Nothing's changed. It's just that now players are showing up to work and he's not one of those players. So we're exactly where we thought we were going to be. I don't think he's going to play there again. Um, certainly does look like he's coming back in training camp. Maybe he can talk himself into coming back during the season, but what's going to change that's going to entice him to do that. He's not angry about the money he's making. He's angry about the the personnel decisions that have been made around him and the, and the coaches and the front office and, and whatever. Uh, so yeah, it's the same old, same old. I mean, Devonte Adams has his back. That's great. Jordan Love looked good at practice one day. He looked struggled the, the next day. That's expected. Uh, the the Packers are the Packers. I think the real losers here, um, in a sense, the winners are the Vikings. The losers are the the Lions for not keeping Matthew Stafford and giving themselves an opportunity to actually maybe have a chance to compete in this division. Uh, but maybe it's too far gone for them. But I think the winner, obviously, is Minnesota and, and maybe even uh, looking a little farther down the line, the, the Chicago Bears, if they get it right with the quarterback, which means, you know, Justin Fields and not Andy Dalton for each. I will say we have obviously talked about this a lot, but I do think it has changed. The, the dynamic has changed a little bit this week. One part is, you know, like he's skipping man- mandatory minicamp. He's never done that. This is, you know, you can skip OTAs. It's not a big deal. Once Are you, you surprised, this, though? I'm No, I'm not surprised. You know, now he can be fined up to $93,000 for skipping every single practice in minicamp. Now he's holding out from the team. He's not showing up for things. He was obligated to show up. And the thing I found interesting this week is that Rogers, it, it, James Jones has kind of turned into Aaron Rodgers' personal PR guy. They're good friends. Uh, James Jones has been doing a round of interviews. He did one with Colin Coward on Wednesday, and he said some really interesting things. And now the last time we heard from James, James Jones was in early May after Schefter's report came out a few days later, who was doing the rounds uh, saying, hey, I talked to Aaron Rodgers a few times. This is what Aaron's thinking is. And so now here we are a month later. He skipped meeting camp. Who's making the media rounds again? James Jones kind of being the voice of Aaron Rodgers. And he said he's talked to Aaron Rodgers multiple times. And I think the most interesting thing that James Jones said is that it's not true about Rodgers wanting Brian Gutekunst fired. That is absolutely not the case. Um, And who knows? You know, like we've seen reports, but it's one thing hearing it in a report. It's another thing hearing it from someone who actually talked to Aaron Rodgers. And Jones said, Rogers' biggest issues are what Ryan just harped on. One of them is that he's been the Packers front office has been dumping people that Rogers still thought could play well for Green Bay. Guys like Clay Matthews, Julius Peppers, Jordy Nelson. Uh, we heard about how Jake Kumaro was the straw that broke the camel's back. And, and so that kind of makes sense that, you know, Jake Kumaro wasn't the reason. But if Jake Kumaro is the 10th guy uh, that Rogers saw got kicked out the door that he didn't want to see get kicked out the door, you know, something snapped. He said, all right. And the other thing James Jones said was that Rogers was pretty peeved about a phone call that apparently happened. And we don't know any details about this phone call because James Jones didn't give any details. Uh, but there are two notable phone calls that we know of. One of them was this past off season. Trey Wingo said the Packers reportedly called Rogers and said, Hey, we'll trade you this off season. And uh, apparently there was a misunderstanding because Rogers thought he was going to be traded. The Packers came out and said, no, we never said that. I could see that leading to a beef if he, in fact, was told that. Uh, and the other one was when Matt LaFleur got hired, uh, Tyler Dunn had this report where Rogers and Mark Murphy had a phone call. 
And Mark Murphy apparently said, hey, Aaron, don't be the problem. We're hiring this guy. We're not asking you for hiring. We're just going to do it. We don't need your input about these coaching hires. Don't be the problem. And so if that phone call did happen and it leaked out and Rogers know it didn't leak out from him, clearly it came from Mark Murphy's side. And if that's the case, then Rogers thinking, why are you, you know, that's a private phone call. Why are you releasing those details? And so there's more layers to this now is kind of where I'm going with all this. Well, I think to your point, so Brian Gutekunst is the GM and he gets the bulk of the credit and the bulk of the blame. Excuse me, it's Gutekunst if you're preaching. Gutekunst. What did I say? Goody? No, yeah, you got to say Goody, like Goody Booty. That's what Bruce calls him. Okay. Uh, anyway, Goody is the <laughs> GM. He gets the lion's share of the blame and the lion's share of the credit when the team is good and when the team is bad. Um, but I think that there's something to this Mark Murphy stuff where it's Mark Murphy and Aaron Rodgers that are battling right now. And it's, you know, you talk about that, the leak of that phone call. I think Mark Murphy's trying to, has been trying to take the franchise back from Aaron Rodgers. Like Aaron Rodgers wants to control what goes on with the franchise and he, he's the face of the franchise. And I think that maybe that bothered Mark Murphy, who's been there for a long time and has, you know, been in the NFL for a long time. And, you know, long time NFL guys are typically like, oh, it's team, league, shield before player. And I, you sort of wonder if there wasn't some of that. Plus, the, the way that they structured that contract originally with Rodgers, as I've said over and over again, it I think Rodgers looked at it like, I think they told Rodgers, we need you to do this, this, and this on the back end of the deal to help us from a cap space perspective so we can build around you. What they were really doing was giving themselves outs every single year to bounce uh, Rodgers if he if he had a steep decline in play, and then he went out and bet on himself and he wanted more money. and it, you know, So now they're in this stalemate. The thing I find really interesting about it is from a mini camp perspective, We've seen, and I, Rob Domofsky has done a great job reporting it. And, you know, Jason Wilde, all these Packers beat reporters are good at their jobs, but I just noticed Domofsky's tweets first and foremost for some reason. Um, his, his first one on June 8th, Jordan Love's first crack at the two-minute drill that we've seen barely gets past midfield and ends with him skying a pass over wide open Malik Taylor's head on fourth and seven from the plus 46. That's... um. If you know that's not good. And then notes from mini practice one, Jordan Love struggled with accuracy, 12 of 23 passing and team, including failed two minute drill. So that was the first day people were, people were melting down understandably because Jordan Love, who's supposed to be replacing Aaron Rodgers, goes out there in his first day and looks like absolute crap. Day two, Domofsky again. What a stretch for Jordan Love. We were out to AJ Dillon, right sideline for 30 yards. Free play deep to Lazard for 45. Deep corner out to Juwan Winfrey for 30. Deep sideline to Aaron Jones for 30. He was so hot, fire emoji, that tight end coach Justin Newton started fanning him. What a twist. So which which Jordan Love do you think we're actually getting here, Wilson? Well, the funny thing is... Uh... Or is this just who Jordan Love is, hot and cold? Well, we don't know. And I like Jordan Love a lot coming out of the draft, but he played terribly in 2019 because his team around him sucked in part in part, in part because he tried to do too much. But the funny thing is, and, and Mike Florio Pro Football Talk floated this on um, Thursday, is that maybe after day one of the practices where, uh, uh, where Love struggled, uh, the offense, they decided to, to run offensive plays that they knew would dominate the defensive plays to make Jordan feel comfortable. So that's sort of a funny thing to think about. If so, I don't care. That's fine. I think the idea is to build confidence. I have. I don't care about him struggling. The dude didn't play a preseason last year. He probably didn't take any first-team snaps throughout the course of the season um, because Aaron Rodgers was obviously there. And uh, something that our buddy Jonathan Jones pointed out on, on HQ on Thursday is that uh, two years ago, J.J. was at Chiefs training camp 
And Patrick Mahomes was throwing interceptions all over the yard. And that was his MVP season. It was just a matter of figuring out what he needed to do, what worked and what didn't work. And I feel like Jordan Love, this is May, early June. I don't care. He can throw every single interception. It's just a matter of him getting better. And um, is he going to be Aaron Rodgers? No. Uh, and the hope is that he's, you know, certainly something better than Tua Tonga-Vailoa and closer to, to Justin Herbert than, than not. But we'll see. Yeah, this is, you know, you don't know what you're getting in Jordan Love. That's the bottom line. When you have, uh, you know, Brinson, you were talking about how uh, Brian G, our boy Goody, has, has built this <laughs> roster. And we don't know how good this roster is without Aaron Rodgers. So if you plug Jordan Love in there and this team goes 6 and 11, should the general manager uh, get any credit because he built a team that went to two straight NFC title games? Probably not because he built the team based on the fact that Aaron Rodgers fell in his lap. You know, like he was already there before you're hired or, or, or any or Matt LaFleur. So I, I think how well this team does without Aaron Rodgers, if he doesn't play, is going to say a lot because you can't give Matt LaFleur credit or Goody Kuhn's credit if they don't do well. You know, if the Packers aren't a good team without Aaron Rodgers. If team with Jordan Love, then Aaron Rodgers gets all the credit. Exactly. And, and so, well, and then, you know, he'll have even more leverage if he were to sit out the season and they go five and 12. So it's kind of insane. I, you know, I don't know what we're going to get from Jordan Love. We've obviously in a span of 48 hours, we've seen uh, completely hot and completely cold. Uh, but I do not think this is a 13 win team with Jordan Love. I think it, it's probably their ceiling is probably 10 wins with Jordan Love and you have a very low floor. Uh, so there's definitely some risk. It's Jordan Love, by the way, was asked if he would um, be ready to start week one if needed. A hundred percent, Love said when asked. Obviously, yeah. this is a time where I'm getting a lot of extremely valuable reps that I might not have been getting in the normal circumstance, so I'm just going to take it day by day. But, yeah, that's what I'm here for. I was drafted here to play quarterback, so I'll definitely be ready week one. I mean, the whole thing has a very Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre vibe to it. I mean, it's it, it, it's almost, it almost feels identical. I mean, that, that was a long time ago, of course. You don't think so, Breach? I, I mean, I don't think it like the controversy surrounding it where the Packers fan base is a little bit divided, yes, but I don't think it does in the sense that Favre put himself in that position by True. saying, you know, from 2004 to 2007, he went into every offseason saying, eh, I think I'm going to retire. And if you're saying that, the Packers have to make a move. You can't sit on, you know, you can't be uh, with their pants complacent. down. You, complacent. Is what you're like. Right. You can't have it rest on your laurels. You, you have to have a replacement ready when your quarterback's threatening to retire. In this situation, the Packers were trying to retire Rodgers because they said, all right, he's getting close to being washed up. Let's get a quarterback in here because we don't think he's be good much longer. And then he wins MVP. So I, I do think it's a little bit the, the, the Packers are at fault here. Favre was at fault in his situation, but, but we're in the same spot, which is uh, you know, pretty cloudy and pretty murky situation. Yeah, and a good point too by you. You know, it, it, I guess it it feels like it feels similar just because all eyes. It, it feels similar in the sense that all eyes are on the young quarterback who has a lot of upside, but you don't. Yeah, it's yeah. Green Bay. Right, it's right. Aaron Rodgers. There right. are a lot of similarities. The, the, obviously, the difference too is that if Rodgers can't said, you know what, cool with my contract. I'll be back tomorrow. The Packers are like, all right, you're our starting quarterback. Whereas with Brett Favre, when he tried to come back, they said, no, please, please go away. We are going right. with Aaron. And then Brett. Like, it does seem like, to Breach's point, that the Packers have done, not everything, but a lot of things to make Aaron Rodgers angry. They draft Jordan Love. They don't tell him. Why don't you tell him? Why wouldn't you tell him that? It's not like he's Matt Barkley and you don't have to tell him who you're drafting. No one cares. It's Aaron Rodgers. 
You refuse to take a wide receiver. You find, you take a, a, a running back and then a tight end. Like what do you, you cut all the people that he, he gets along with. Clearly there's, there's a reason these things are happening. And I guess, I don't know who's right or wrong. Aaron Rodgers is is no saint, you know. Mike McCarthy. Like why are you undermining your own quarterback? Right, and, and I would imagine that Mike McCarthy probably is enjoying watching this, but at the end of the day, it, it's not helping the Packers. No, no, it's not. Do you think that we see Aaron Rodgers not in Green Bay unless he's visiting? I think he's not coming back ever to visit. He'll come back in twenty years to do the Brett Favre. We're all on the same page. Hey, same sorry about now. the whole thing. Like, yeah. Right. Um. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's probably right. And look, the I one think Breach thinks he's coming back though. The one, but I think I'm like twenty percent. I used to be like one percent. I'm a, I'm about twenty percent that he comes back. I think it's fifty fifty. Oh. Why? What? What? Incentive does he have to come back? Season? How's he going to sit out a season at his age? He, he's he's, he's not sitting out the season. Yeah, yeah this team can win the Super Bowl. You know who else can win the Super Bowl? Denver Broncos with Aaron Rodgers as the quarterback. But the Packers aren't trading him. You don't know that. Here, here's what I think. Here. So if, if the Packers want to play hardball, though, and say, all right, we're not going to trade you, and you're Aaron Rodgers, then you just show up in week 10, and <laughs> you say, all right, what are you going to do? Because I'm not taking the season off because I'm not retiring. Uh, you tried to screw me over. Now I'm going to screw you. And it, let's say the Packers are, you know, three and six going into week 10. Awesome. You know, so and I'm sure Aaron Rodgers is thinking that, look, if you guys want to play hardball, I can do this, too. So it, it's just it's a game of chicken. And that's the thing is that I don't feel like Aaron Rodgers is going to lose a game of chicken. So he shows up in week 10 and you know, they're, they've won three games. So um, Matt LaFleur is only calling uh, five wide receiver sets to get Aaron Rodgers crushed. Aaron Rodgers is changing every play to a running play <laughs> and they run 50 straight plays every game for the final, whatever, seven or eight games. And they win them all with Rodgers <laughs> audibling every single play to a run. That would be yeah. amazing. And flipping the bird every time he walks off the field up to the <laughs> owner's box. They're, the owners uh, are everybody breach. That's the latest update. Rogers still away. Jordan Love up and down. Creating a little spicy environment in Green Bay. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, more camp chatter. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. So, Daniil Hunter. Sure, why not? What's wrong with the NFC North? I don't know. Um, Daniil Hunter is apparently not happy with his contract. When he signed this contract, by the way, it was one of the worst contracts, immediately the worst contract out there. I remember uh, David Cantor, uh, agent to the stars, agent to various players, lamenting how bad it, uh, how bad Daniel Hunter's contract is. And there's a report by The Athletic that Hunter might hold out for a new deal. If you're the Vikings, do you give Daniel Hunter a new contract? So... His agent is Zeke Sandu, according to Spot Track. I wonder how he took Dave Cantor calling him out like that, putting him on blast. 
Number one, and number two, I wonder why he negotiated this contract in the way that he did. If it's, uh, do we know what's bad about it? Because I haven't looked at Daniel Hunter's contract until. Well, he signed it in 2018 at the age of 24. It was a five-year, $72 million deal, which is $4.4 million per year. $15 million signing bonus, $40 million guaranteed. Average of 14.4, as you just said. Yeah, um, you know, it it doesn't look great when you see what Miles Garrett got and what T.J. Watt will get soon. Has T.J. Watt gotten his new deal yet? I mean, he's making less than Trey Hendrickson got from the Bengals this year. Yeah. Less than what Carl Lawson got from the Jets. Less than Leonard Floyd from the Rams. Less than Bud Dupree from the Titans. Less than Shaq Barrett. Less than, I mean, he's making the same as Matt Judon and Robert Quinn. It, well, and Von Miller, to, to kind of put the contract in perspective, was the highest paid non-quarterback at the time. This is from our boy Joel Corey. And Von Miller's contract paid $19.1 million per year. Uh, and, you know, you're not going to get Von Miller money, but you probably shouldn't be signing a contract that's worth $5 million per year or less, you know, when you were young and you're racking up sacks that are left and right. Yeah, I'm, I'm I don't. Blame Daniel Hunter entirely. I'm actually just wondering what his his agent was thinking. Maybe this agent wasn't the agent that negotiated the contract. Um, but yeah, that's that's curious. So he can hold out. I don't think anything will come of it because, you know, that's like you run your car into a into a wall and you get out and you get mad at the car. I, I mean, what do you want to tell you? You were you got in there, you pushed the gas pedal down, you saw the wall there, you hit it. <laughs> well, yeah. and the other part, Go ahead. Ro- uh, uh, the other part here is that you know we're talking about when we talk about Aaron Rodgers. He's coming off an MVP season. He has some leverage. Do you know Hunter is coming off a season where he played zero games because he had a neck injury? How are you demanding a new contract to being the highest paid player at your position when you played zero games last year? I mean, the team doesn't even know if you're going to return healthy. So why would the Vikings take that kind of risk? Like, it is absolutely insane to me that he's asking for a new contract right now. I think if he was smart or, you know, I I, I side with the Vikings here 100% where you cannot give him a new deal knowing that he's coming off a year where he didn't play because of, a, you know, a serious injury. And so I would tell him, look, if you come back in 2021, prove you still have it and you play well, we'll give you a monstrous extension next offseason, but you're not getting it now. And, you know, if he says, well, then trade me, you know, who's going to trade for him knowing that they have to give him a new contract and that he didn't play at all last year. So then the Vikings would have to give him away for less compensation than uh, they would have if they trade him last year, you know, before the injury. So, you know, this is, I just don't understand his demands right now. He has zero leverage. This just doesn't make any sense to me. The, uh, the Vikings have Michael Pierce coming back. He opted out last year because of COVID. So that's huge. He plays in the middle of the defense. He's not an edge rusher. They drafted a couple guys, uh, to help out outside on the edge. They're not as good as Daniel Hunter, but if they're healthy, that that's certainly a step in the right direction. They drafted uh, Chaz Surratt in the middle of the defense out of UNC. So they, they're they getting better on defense. They had a lot of young guys last year that struggled, and you would imagine they'll get better in year two. Their offense is going to be better. So even without Daniel Hunter, this team right now, without Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay, are the favorites in the NFC North. And Daniel Hunter can either come along for his current salary or not. And I, I would imagine the, the Vikings... Um, I don't know what the odds are of them winning that division. I don't know if they've been updated for Aaron Rodgers' absence, but I, I think they're still the favorites with or without Daniel Hunter. So it's up to him on whether he wants to play. And You're perhaps no Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Could you could you imagine if Brinson went to CBS and he's like, "Look, I know I took last year off from the podcast, and I know I'm under contract through 2023, but I want to be the highest paid podcaster in the country, or I'm leaving. I want Joe Rogan money." Yeah, that probably wouldn't fly, huh? I don't think so. 
Um, by the way, the Packers are still the favorite at William Hill at minus 135. The Vikings plus 275. So the Vikings might be a good little uh, sort of like the Patriots at 350. I don't mind the Vikings at all. I mean, that's that's a bet on. Who do you like better, the 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 Vikings at two seventy or the or the Patriots at three fifty? Uh, Vikings at two seventy. The Vikings could beat Vikings could win bad. the division with or without Aaron Rodgers back. Mm. If Aaron Rodgers is officially not coming back, mm. like, if yeah, if Rodgers is out, that plus two seventy five is a steal. Those those teams, the the if Rodgers is out, the Packers will move to four or five to one. The Vikings will be minus one ten. And the Bears would be plus 150 or something. So you're ba- basically betting on whether or not Aaron Rodgers is going to play for the Packers. Yeah. Yeah. And if Aaron Rodgers were, if they were, this, these lines that you're, and you can see them if you watch this on youtube.com, youtube.com slash pick six. You can watch it on YouTube. All shows there. Uh, make sure and hit the like button if you're watching. These line, this line is basically a hedge down the middle of, we don't know if Aaron Rodgers is going to play and we don't want massive exposure to, you know, the Vikings at five to one. Or, you know, I mean, nobody's going to bet the Packers minus 200 without knowing if Aaron Rodgers is going to be there. Let, I me think- ask, let me ask you this. So, as we sit here and people who aren't watching, uh, the Detroit Lions are plus 2,000 to win the division. Would you take plus 2,000 if... Um, 20 to 1. If Julian, if Julian, Jordan Love starts, Kellen Mond starts, and Justin Fields starts for the other three teams in that division, are you? would you take the Lions at plus 2,000? I would definitely be looking at it. I don't know if they're still not winning that division. That's my point. That's how bad that team is. I put ten dollars on it. Crazy <laughs> things happen. I mean, you look. Would you at, put a thousand dollars on it? I would not put a thousand dollars on it. I mean, the top favorites to win the U.S. Open next week at Torrey Pines. More golf talk. Here we go. Well, I'm just, I'm just trying to give you an example. Like that's a hard tournament to win. You're going up against you know a field of 150 people, and but these are all set. You, you're starting everyone's second year players. They're all young players who've never started an NFL game. And you still twenty to one. You don't love it when you have to put down a thousand dollars on a football team. That's what I'm saying. Well, I wouldn't want about a thousand dollars on the, the the Lions if that's what you're asking. All right, let's. All right, so what if it's uh, RG three, Mason Rudolph, and whoever the backup for the Browns is? Who's the backup for the Browns? Uh, Case Keenum. Case Keenum. Yeah. Case Keenum. Are you, would you bet twenty to one on Joe a healthy Joe Burrow and the and the Bengals? Oh, I'd put a thousand on that. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> 2000. I the point is I think you feel better about that than you do about Jared Goff and this terrible Lions team around him. That's my point. That's I think point. Joe Burrow and the Bengals are decently live to win the division whereas the Lions are not. Oh my god. Please stop it. All right, I don't want to get too far afield, but that that's Finally, Chandler Jones, uh Chandler Jones. Oh, oh, oh two more things. Chandler so Ch- Chandler Jones no show at Cardinals mini camp. Okay, with that. He was in a uh, a photo shoot with his buddy JJ Watt. Are we concerned at all about Chandler Jones, who's heading into the final uh, year of his deal, a five-year, eighty-two point five million dollar deal? Any concern at all with Chandler Jones? No, he's north of thirty. He knows what he's doing. Why bring him out there and have him get hurt for some stupid reason? But I mean, you can show up and not do anything like Devontae Adams. He's skipping. He's skipping. That's a problem. Uh, you know, JLC Jason Lockerforo wrote a story about this that. Breach. That's like going. That's like skipping school. It's like okay, I'm not going to school today because it's senior skip day. And I'm gonna go. I'm gonna park the car and sit in the, in, in the parking lot at school. I'm here. I mean, why go home? But no, but it's, it's like skipping on a day where there's a pizza party, <laughs> and pizza. you know there's a pizza party, but you don't get any of the pizza because now he knows that just because he didn't, he's already in Phoenix. So we know that because we saw the pictures with JJ Watt, and because he didn't show up for minicamp, he's got to pay ninety three thousand dollars in fines. Uh, unless fine, Chandler Jones. Yeah, I don't think they're going to find him either. Like, like the 
Just like the Packers aren't finding Aaron Rodgers. I mean. So, okay, so you, you don't show up. And I was saying that Locke Fora is saying that this is a trade that could happen because Chandler Jones is disgruntled. He's wondering why he hasn't gotten a new contract. Look, he's played well. He's going in the final season of his deal. Uh, lame duck status when you don't get that extension. Is he on the wrong end of 30 uh, as far as his position? Sure he is, but you can still give him a, a one-year extension or two-year extension so that he's not going in the final year of his contract. Like, I... I I was not on Daniel Hunter's side. I am on Chandler Jones' side in this situation. My my thing here is that you could so you gave AJ Green a, a what is basically a one year deal. JJ Watt has a what does he have a two year two year deal? I mean, AJ Green got a three year deal with two voidable years, and JJ Watt got a two year deal. Yeah, what is basically a two year deal. I guess I don't mind if you give them a, if you like, Hey, listen, we'll give you an extra year on your contract, but it also feels like the Cardinals are sort of in one of these cycles where you're kind of all in with these veterans. they like to do this. Steve Kime does this frequently. I feel like where you know goes out and gets a, a group of older veterans. Let's see how 2021 goes. And then we can re up Chandler Jones. The problem is you can franchise tag him. And then you've got him under, you know, under contract for one more year next year without having to give him some lucrative extension. I don't think he's taking a one year extension. I think he wants a, like a three-year extension to close out his career. I mean, the dude is sneaky kind of old. I mean, he's, th- he's going to be 31 this season. No, I mean, that's... that's and, right. he, and he did miss uh, 11 games last year with a right biceps injury. So, like, he didn't miss the whole season like Hunter did. So, you saw what he can do on the field. He's going to be paired with J.J. Watt. Yeah, I think giving him a one-year, maybe two-year extension is probably the answer here. Uh, I think the Cardinals would like him to be motivated to get an extension this yeah. I'm sure. I'm not worried about it. Either he shows up or he doesn't. The team that hey, you saw his stats. He's been great since he got here. So he's just he's absolutely. Fault. Breach doesn't like him, but that's all right. That's what, what are you talking about? I'm on his side. But Breach hates Daniel Hunter. Oh, right. No, I don't hate Daniel Hunter. I just said I don't know what he's doing. I don't know who's giving him advice. The two most hated people in Breach's life are Joe Montana and Daniel Hunter. Joe Montana. That's a sentence that has literally never been uttered. In the history of mankind. Congratulations. Yeah. All right. That's it for the training camp roundup show. If there's a question you have, or mini camp roundup show, mini camp roundup show. If there's some, a question you have about mini camps, about uh, your team, let us know. Leave a five star review on Apple Podcasts or leave a comment in on YouTube and we will answer it in another roundup uh, in the near future. In the meantime, thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. Happy anniversary to my wife. We'll have a mailbag on Monday. See you, boys. Praying for you, AK.